Doctor in Podcast Land. This is your host, Severin Henderson, here again with another episode of Department 3C Presents, a podcast connected to fire. So, I'm doing a brief intro for an episode that I recorded a little earlier last month. Um, I had the pleasure of having father and son, DeKalb Walcott Jr. and DeKalb Walcott III. And they came on and talked about how um, DeKalb Jr., which is the senior to me, how he got on the fire department, just kind of how he rose up through the ranks. He got to be a chief. Um, And then his son comes in, um, the third, and he talks about his career as a firefighter within the Chicago Fire Department as well. So it was a nice, great, lovely, energetic conversation. We got together and I pretty much just, the reason I have to do this intro now is because we came and sat down, pushed record, and they just went. They just, just, just got going. I couldn't stop them, couldn't do an intro, couldn't introduce them. They just sat down and started talking. So <laughs> that's why I had to come back and do this intro um, on the back end. So this is a real fun episode. Like I said, we we get to talk about um, DeKalb Jr., like I said, the senior to me, talk about his book that he wrote, um, talk about the book that he has coming up. And we're going to do some other projects together um, that have to do with the history of the fire department. So, it was, like I said, it was a great conversation. It was a lively conversation. Everybody had a good time. Um, and then right after that, we did a, another episode of the other podcast that we present here, um, the original Designated Drinker. So it was just a fun day all around. They hung out, stayed in the studio. It was a good time. Everybody got together. It was real fun. So with that being said, we will get into the episode. But before we get into the episode, just one thing I want to mention. I have gotten together. I know I usually talk about some of the business ventures that I have and all the things that I got going on. One of them is a crypto platform called Headway. Um, If you would like to know more about it, please hit me up. I'm going to start I'm also going to start trying to put these videos on YouTube or the podcasts on YouTube. So I'm looking into doing that. If you have some information, you can always send it to me. Um, Department3c at gmail.com. I also have a professional email, info at department3c.com. And you can reach out to me. Tell me if you have any ideas for how I can get these videos slash podcasts up on YouTube. I have an idea, but... I'm always open to more suggestions. I always appreciate collaborative efforts. So if you have any info on that, don't hesitate to let me know. Um, So I talked about Headway. I talked about the episode. And as always, we have a lot of things going on. Just got a new website built. It's going to be coming out pretty soon, department3c.com. So I hope you get a chance to take a look at that, see all the business ventures that we have to offer here. And coming up in a couple weeks, probably next month, so four weeks, I'm going to have a major announcement about another venture that I'm heading into. It's real fun. It's real supportive of the community. Um, If you know me and we're friends already on any of the socials, you probably already have an idea what that is. But if you're not, please stay tuned so that you can find out what that new offering is. So with that being said, again, check out this episode. It was a blast. And I'll talk to you next time. You know, uh, I'm grateful. Mm -hmm. That's all I can tell you. So he uh, jumped on the bandwagon years ago. Uh, he's your boy. I don't know how old he was, eight years old. Yeah. He didn't, why don't you think? Not I don't seven. know. He was, he was young. He was awfully young. His, his mother stopped by the fire. So it was at Truck 30 on, uh, was that Engine 47 South? Yeah. Yeah, 67 in Marquette. Okay. King Drive. Yep. And uh, wherever we were at, uh, I was getting I was getting in the rig. I was like, you know, you want to go with me? He was like, yeah, his ass got real big, right? <laughs> so he looked at his mother, he jumped on the rig. So I sat in the back with him. I let somebody else sit in the front seat. Uh-huh. So I watched him going down the street the whole time. So the sirens, and he's watching the buildings go past. And, yeah. You know, not knowing what to expect. Of course, I didn't either, but... Um, 
you know, those those things mean something. Um, you know, we we we're not the ones shooting people up down the street, robbing yeah. folks. Now, my dad, he did that. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I'm not making this up. Uh-huh. He was bona fide criminal. Uh huh. And so I just, you know, uh, most of my family was on the right. We grew up in the church. My dad was on the left. Mm-hmm. Like he admitted the fact he couldn't work for white people. He hated being in that environment because of the way he came through segregation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very demeaning, very and out of the South too. Mm-hmm. Uh, very demeaning, uh, more demoralizing, a long list of things, mm-hmm. and uh, disrespectful. You know, um, you all have not a clue. Well, that's why we have you here, so you can tell us. That's what that's what everybody, that's what I want to know about. I'm sure a lot of listeners like to know about, so tell us as much as you. Listen, um, people talk about you know, some things, some things I ponder. Some things uh, I'm quick-witted with, but um, uh, people talk about why are young people doing what they're doing today? I'm not even a young person to know the answer. Because of segregation poverty. Most of these young people, I'm the first generation uh, not to die as a pauper, as a man. Uh-huh. First generation. First, I mean, yeah, that's- my son Matthew, he's going to be first generation Walcott in our family with a college degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and so young people, I mean, you know, when you have no clue of what the American dream is, what success in America is, not ever having anything, these people are virtually still in slavery. Why? Because they're victims of them to their own community. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, not having an education means something. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, what does it mean? Uh, because you don't have to have a college degree to be wealthy. That's no, not at all. Fact. Not at all. So what is, what it, what's the drawback? What's holding us back? So here, I found my, I left the fire department in 2009. I could have stayed, mm-hmm. been a higher ranking chief, been on the news. Oh, we saw you on the news. This, that, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we all have egos. Uh, the fire department's full of testosterone and ego. Yes, absolutely. For the most part. And so, and so with that, uh, I could have stayed. I, I had eight more years I could have done. I would have been a deputy fire commissioner. It wasn't even a question in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact was I wanted to do my family's genealogy, locate my grandfather and his father's uh-huh. whereabouts, and uh, write that book, Black Heroes of Fire. As a matter of fact, I don't know if he remembers, but I wrote that book. To motivate him. Yeah. That book is for him. Okay. It wasn't for me. I was gone. <laughs> but <laughs> well, yeah, you had done your career and everything. So, right, it was for the next generation. For, like you said, for your oh, son. Uh, no, for him, but yeah. absolutely for him, his generation. Yes. Because the people who came, Engine 21, excuse me, ladies, was some kick-ass motherfuckers. That's all I can tell you. Hey, we... that. that. The ladies listen to they use those words just as much so well, well <laughs> we're all inclusive that we fit. got the e it's 2021 pop go ahead say what you say that yeah. fit there was some kick-ass motherfuckers <laughs> now back in the day firemen were big strong brutes uh-huh because of the type of equipment you don't know nothing about he remembers you don't know nothing about uh three inch holes no i don't double brass couplings yeah no Okay, I, I know about it when I see the old stuff. The but fittings, yeah, were uh, uh, all this stuff is heavy, right? Yeah. And so you know they're raising wooden ground ladders. Mm-hmm. Okay, nothing like aluminum today. Mm-hmm. But um, getting back to my point, I could have stayed. I chose to write this book through my family genealogy. I found I'm changing my name by the way, DeKalb, uh, DeKalb Eugene McIntosh Walcott. Oh, that's what you're changing it to, or that's, that's what, what I'm it is? changing it to. I'm adding McIntosh. My grandfather was a Creek Freedman. They okay. identified as being Creek Black Indians because of their relationship with the Creek Nation, okay. Muscogee Creek Nation. Mm-hmm. My grandfather was born in Ufala. Anybody, anybody that knows anything about Oklahoma knows that that's an old town goes way back. Matter of fact, they got a lake in place of it today. Mm-hmm. But my point being... Um, my grandfather, he come up, uh, and and I didn't, I never met him. 
my, my grandfather died at the age of 42 from TB in Memphis, Tennessee. My grandfather got run out of Oklahoma during the 1921 race riots. I found, uh, in 1920, I found a Ku Klux Klan recruitment drive in uh, Pasco, Oakmuggie, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. My grandfather lived there in 1910. As a matter of fact, uh, one of his relatives uh, uh, was a Civil War veteran. He lived there, uh, Johnson, or Robert Johnson. Mm -hmm. uh, my grandfather in 1920 lived in Hamilton, Oakmuggie County, Oklahoma. So that's nice, that's just the next city over. And so I honestly believe the fight in Oklahoma today is about Tulsa, but it's a bigger fight because the whole blacks were run out of the whole state of Oklahoma. Yeah. My grandfather had a wife named Beatrice. I have photographs of them. I found them on census. So a lot of this information I was able to piece together. If I had still been working, I'd had a pocket full of money, but I wouldn't have known a goddamn thing. You wouldn't right? have had your history. So, so I, what I do and what I've done since he's been here mm -hmm. has been to influence him. I need as much as I can get out of him because he has to succeed. Mm -hmm. We've got too many people behind us who suffered, died. You know, I remember them. Yeah. Okay. And. You know, I don't make up excuses. Mm -hmm. I don't have a reason for failing. You have to stop me from going forward. Okay, you know, I don't go yeah. backwards. Yeah. So, and neither does he. So, but, you know, I don't want to dwell on that. What I do want to, I wanted to express that point, though, because up until recently, you know, I had documents that said my grandfather was from uh, Oklahoma, but I had nothing to tie it with. Okay. His doll roll number was 1067. Born in 1895 and follow. So when you talk about a Dolls Rolls number, that's the Indian census sheet. Yep, yep, yep. Father Ben McIntosh, Mother Sally McIntosh. Okay, so he got run out of Oklahoma during the 1921 race riots. I believe his wife was killed because she didn't come with him. Uh -huh. He met my grandmother in uh, DeSoto County, Mississippi, just south of Memphis. And, and, and when that transpired, I found on a 1930 census list a a relative, a relative of his that lived four doors away from my grandmother when she was 12 years old, whose name was Blood Saw. Okay. That's an Indian name yeah. out of Tennessee. Yep. And, and Blood Skull, that's another one. They spell it differently, but it's the same pretense for the most part. Uh -huh. And they all coming out of Tennessee, right? So with that, with that, uh, uh, my grandfather was run out of DeSoto County, Mississippi in... What year was that? Uh, roughly March of 1935 or 6, okay. one or the other. And that transpired as a result of uh, a relative of ours was killed by a white man mm -hmm. and on our family's front porch. And my aunt told me his story. Mm -hmm. So he, in turn, picked my family, his family up from DeSoto County outside of Holly Springs, Mississippi, took him to Memphis. Okay. And maybe a year or so thereafter, he passed away from TB. Uh -huh. My father grew up on the streets of Memphis on Bill Street. He was raised by a blind peanut peddler. Anybody that knows anything about blind people, they have definitely a sixth sense. Oh, yeah, they, they figure got out to. how to figure out, right? Yeah, yeah. So my father was very, um, he was a conniving son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I got to talk like this because everything I said fits that picture. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm just saying. You know, I had people ask me, you know, well, why you name it Black Heroes of Fire? Well, if you read the book, it says this term best describes this group of men. Yeah. Black men, they were definitely heroes of fire. Um, getting back to what I was talking about before, um, so my grandfather, my father raised himself hustling on the streets of Bill Street. He worked at the Peabody Hotel. He told me those things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have census sheet where they lived on Green Bay Street, and that's four blocks from Bill Street. Yeah. So my father would go to Bill Street with his grandfather, who was a blind man, and the census said he was a peanut peddler, so I attached the two. Okay. Blind peanut peddler. And going in and out of movie theaters, barber shops you know, places of business, anywhere where he can sell his Just peanuts. Just community, yeah. He's a blind man. You yeah. know, that's how he made his living. So my father picked up on all of the negative stuff, selling drugs. My daddy was a pimp, a strong-arm robber. When I say these things, because I'm not through, he, I'm not bragging, I'm not, but I'm not making it up either. Yeah, I'm not you just putting them on the a truth. pencil. Yeah. I'm saying, you're a crazy motherfucker. I can't do none of that shit, right? <laughs> so... 
So, but he, he was a strong arm robber. He was a drug abuser. He was a drug user. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sold drugs. He was a murderer. Uh, check out, put my name, put his name in a, a, a newspaper search and go to Omaha, Nebraska, 1978. Okay. It'll pop up. I'm telling you what's okay. going to happen. I did All it right. already. I, I believe so, you. So I believe he, you. Was, he was so over, way over here on the left. Uh-huh. And everybody else in my family, per se, were over here on the right. Went to church. That's where I grew up. That's where I got my basic, uh, you know, stayed out of trouble. Yeah. I wasn't in the streets. I, I knew I couldn't be like my father. Yeah. I just, I, I, you know, I couldn't make anybody proud of me doing the shit he did, right? Mm-hmm. And so I became very attached to my grandparents and great-grandparents that I remember from that time. And why? Because they were loving individuals. They were giving. My family never taught us about hate. Mm-hmm. My family never said you should hate those people over there. You know, that's not talked about. It wasn't talked about in our house. And I believe that that's not talked about in many Christian households because those people took who they were and their sacrifice very serious. You know, think about it, slavery, and then to go into a Jim Crow situation, which puts you right back in the situation you were in before. Hell, you leave Mississippi and go across the river on the, in Arkansas, you're moving in a tenant house that somebody moved out of where nothing was ever done to it since it's been put up there. Yeah. It's a piece of shit. And it's you still look out the, going look, the same way. Look in the front door, you're looking out the back. Yeah. And, you know, how do you remain in that environment and still keep your sanity, okay? Mm-hmm. And so we've been able to do that, but there are, there are scars. Now, getting to the book, uh, I left the job in 09 just to do those things that I talked about. I love my son. I tried to uh, do all the right things, set all the right examples for him because I, he needed to know that he had to work to get to where he was going. Right. And so uh, we enjoyed our days at the firehouse. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was just some cool stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I know he, um, uh, you know, I let him talk about his days when he was younger in the firehouse, maybe. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm, we're going to get there in, okay. in, in just a, a quick second. I was just going to ask you before we got to him, because, you know, respect got to everybody who comes through the door, especially you being the senior individual here how did you get into the fire department in the first place and then we get into how he got in the reason uh, how i got into the fire department are two 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 reasons how or yeah two reasons how i got in the fire uh i was in college southern illinois university called home one weekend my mother said oh you got some mail here and then she saw the policeman having a, a test if you're interested so mom i'm small i'm not gonna be a policeman because uh Somebody would think they could misuse me. I would kill them. I wouldn't have a job long. <laughs> Verbatim. Uh, she said, well, the firemen are having a test. I said, well, I'll take that. So when I came home that uh, winter uh, in December from Carbondale, I didn't go back the next uh, year. I stayed home. I ran three to five miles a day, lifted weights two, three times a day. I know I don't look like a now, but, hey. but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And so I, I – I, prepared myself about four to six months every day. I didn't do anything day. I slept 14 hours every day. Uh-huh. And I ran, I lift weights, I did all of those things. Um, and so uh, the second part to that story is without the affirmative action on the fire department, I never would have gotten hired. Okay. Why do I say that? I say that because the city of Chicago had never had the tendencies to hire blacks unless they were forced. Yeah. We've well, got, yep, we know about that with the Appendix G and all that other And they don't stuff. use that. That's another conversation. That's a whole other conversation, exactly. So keep, keep going. Keep yeah, going. so, so uh, affirmative action is what got me hired. Now, okay. I, got, I scored 820 out of 20,000 people. I did very well. Uh-huh. I, was, I had been up at 10%, of course, whatever that was. I mean, number-wise. But, and so and, and in some regards, I, I said, you know, I was going to make it anyway. But. They, the city of Chicago did not have, they did not hire black men. Okay. Period. Yeah. Period. So yeah. I would not have gotten hired had it not been a full court order. Okay. So then uh, large numbers of blacks have never come on the fire department uh, unless it was through a uh, job action strike. 300 blacks were hired during the strike in 1980. Yep. And a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And they broke. You know that 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 lawsuit is still in effect today. People don't know it, but it is. But yeah. there's no it's, respect for it. 
Well, so like 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 we said, that's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole nother show. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it is. Yeah. Um, so, so, Cal, um, how about yourself? How'd you? Well, we know you was you came and saw the trucks and on truck thirty, looking all bright eyed and bushy tailed. But what happened after that? Uh, well, pretty much to add on to what he was uh, saying, for starters, um, a lot of my friends didn't have fathers. Yeah. On the block I grew up on, they didn't have fathers. They all looked to my dad like a father figure type. They looked out for me, made sure I stayed out of trouble while he was gone, mm-hmm. you know. And if I ever was to find myself in any type of situation, they'd be like, man, your father kill you, man. You better get up out these streets or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, of course, but what I'm saying is that most of any kid with a father from young age wants to be like his dad. Yeah. yeah. I sure as hell did. Yeah. I wanted to be him. So badly, I was, you know, named after him. Everybody, I used to smile when people say, oh, you look just like your father. Like, that was the biggest compliment you could ever give me. I'm with that. That's cool. So, um, of course, I was very attached to him. He worked not just the fire department, but he also had a chimney cleaning business. So he wasn't home very much. Mm-hmm. But the times where he was home, he always made it memorable. So, of course, that made me want to be with him and like him even more. Mm-hmm. So when my mother said, hey, we're going to see your father. I was already in the car before she could even finish the sentence. <laughs> so okay, um, we're talking, you know, joking around, fooling around. He's about to leave because I had to think off. He says, you want to come with me? I look at my mom. I was like, Ma, can I go with Dad? She says, no. I was like, come on, Ma, let me go. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let him go. So I run to the rig. I'm sitting in the back with him. Yeah, he was right. My eyes was wide, yeah, yeah, <laughs> extremely yeah. wide. Yeah. So... I wanted to get into this just because, like I said, I wanted to be like him. Mm-hmm. And as time progressed, I never lost interest in it. Mm-hmm. Never, ever. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming up in elementary school, they'd ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? I always put fireman. Okay. I made sure everybody knew my dad was a fireman. <laughs> okay. So much to the point that other kids in the classroom probably got tired of hearing about yeah. it. I did not care. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't care. I love how that goes. So that, along with older other adults telling me well what if you change your mind i'm not gonna say it's not gonna happen <laughs> y'all don't y'all, y'all obviously don't know me yeah because you well i know you're a pretty stubborn dude so, hey <laughs> that, that might not be the best idea i don't care okay look there, there you go i know what i want i know what i'm going for i've always been that way yeah you're a driven dude so. a lot of people don't know that every move i make every decision i make is always calculated mm-hmm. and i've been thinking about it for years even though you think i just woke up with it and i just started acting no i've been thinking about this for years uh-huh so when people say, well, what if you don't make it? Oh, no, I'm going I'm I'm to make, make it. it. Yeah. We had a plan A, B, C, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if I didn't make it if uh, from passing this exam, mm-hmm. the back, we were going to take the back door, which is the route you came in as the medic route. No, I, I wasn't across. I came on a civilian. Well, yeah. But okay. I was a medic. But I know what you're right, saying. But you yeah, would have okay, right. became a medic. You would have came on. I would have came on that way. Yeah. Yep. It's, you know? There's plenty of guys, this, sons, the same way that came on the exact same way. So, right. like you said, you had the A, the B, the C, the D, In all the words, plans. Nothing was going to stop me from getting this. I'm with that. So, with that being said, um, you know, every young kid, a lot of times they like to go out and hang with their friends and do, you know, as we call it in the boondocks do hood rest up with your friends you <laughs> exactly. know what I'm saying some people yeah. don't understand that term but nah, you know I knew exactly what you yeah, was going I know I like to do hood rest stuff with my, my friends, friends. right yeah. I, I wasn't into that like okay. if he said hey I'm going to uh, you want to come to work with me yep yep I'm doing that mm-hmm. okay one day and cause not only just my dad my godfather's also a retired chief as well his okay. name's James Thompson uh-huh. so him my father uh, Lord Nichols, who's a retired chief uncle as well. Uncle Les. Yeah. Les Noy, yeah. my Uncle Les. Yep. Um, plenty of other people, but... Big Al. But well, you, you're getting a little too ahead. Not, <laughs> but, okay. Well, you know what? Al actually was there with us, too. This is what I'm going for. They were all in the same firehouse together. Oh, all right. So Jimmy relieved my dad. My dad was on the second platoon. Jimmy was on the third. Mm-hmm. My mom had been gone to, I think, Jamaica about a whole week uh-huh. and she had just came back me and my dad were at work together and he says uh, I guess uh, my godfather wanted me to stay with him that day mm-hmm. 
My dad says, I don't think he's going to want to stay. He's probably going to want to go home and see his mother. Mm-hmm. He says, do you not know your son? <laughs> so, of course, I come downstairs. I got my stuff ready to leave. Yeah. Jimmy says, D, you staying? I look. I said, huh? He's like, you staying? I look at my dad. I was like, can I? He's like, it's up to you. Yep, I'm staying. Yep, I'm staying. No problem. You did a 48. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, that's, that was the first 48 I ever did. The first 48. Was, I'm with that. Which okay. is ironic because I did a lot of 48s. On this, <laughs> you do forty eight. Man, if we ain't had that same day and daily, I, you know, be calling you up on the emergency, like all day. Out. Can you help me out? Please? All day. I was, I was everybody's go to guy yeah, when they nah, needed a day. You, you was my go to guy when we had different days. Then mm-hmm. they had to go and put you on the same one. Oh well. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's cool. Was doing a forty eight as a kid and just mm-hmm. kind of hanging out. So I, I love that. I appreciate that. That you knew what you wanted to do. Um, that's just awesome. So, so many times that people don't have any idea what they want to do, and they just out here with no guide, no direction. And the fact that you knew from a young age is really, is really a good thing. And you know, something we should try and preach and put off, put out to our younger people under us. Not that they gotta figure out their whole life while they twelve or anything, but right. have some kind of idea of direction that you might think you wanna. Yeah, head to, and the um, the crazy part about it is that you really couldn't have planned this any better because the exam came out. I was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Right away, he was in my ear because during that time, um, I say about I graduated high school, mm-hmm. and school was not my thing. Yeah, it was not. Um, I'm more of a hands-on learner, mm-hmm. like. I can sit still and try to read for a little bit of time, but then I'll start nodding off because my attention span is You got to get up and put your hands on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to see it. I need to touch it. I need yep. to be able to put it to work. I just took a class on that, and now I know how to teach everybody everything. So I'm with you. Right. Want to learn something? Right. Want to learn how to podcast? Yo, most definitely. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just more than willing to learn you. anything, not especially messing. now because, um, you know, learning is definitely the key. But back then, you know, I had a lot of uh, other – gears turning the wrong way in my head back then okay and as time went on you know like you say i was a stubborn dude uh nobody could get to me no nobody could get to me so with that being said he my dad was the only one that actually knew how to get my attention with that sentence the fire exam coming out mm-hmm. instantly I, I was like a dog in training I'm with it. Yep. Like, when he sees a tree, he straightens up. Yep, ready to that go. That was me. Ready to go. Because before he said that, I was not hanging out with the right crowd of people. Okay. So, uh, crazily enough, uh, thankfully, none of it ever, nothing went so bad to the point where my mom was able to find out because she didn't find out till a couple of years later. Okay. You know, he somewhat knew, but he was just like, you know, you can't be doing this if you're going to be a fire. He knew how to bring me back. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, that pretty much was what kept my attention. Took the exam when I was 19. Uh, ended up with the number 237. Mm-hmm. And I got called right away. Mm-hmm. And the way, he, the way he delivered that message to me was the most hilarious thing. I still remember it yeah, verbatim. I was going to tell you, uh, tell him that. Go ahead. So I, at that time, I was working for UPS. Because... Um, well, a lot of, on this particular day, you were working with me also. Well, I was, but I had yeah. came from my job well, yes, there yes, with you. Yes. I also worked for him in his chimney swimming business and all that stuff. I worked with him as a teenager as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I had no I had no plans on taking over that business. But I did it because it was a good way to put money in my pockets without yeah, yeah. having to. And I'm not looking down on this without actually having to work at a fast food joint or anything like that. Oh, no. We're not you know, talking bad about. Yeah, anywhere. not looking down no. on anything. But it's nothing like. You know, being able to get paid from your people's own pocket and you still earned it and worked for it and nobody can take that from you. Mm -hmm. So aside from working for him, working, I was working at UPS. I was working the uh, they called it the graveyard shift. It was I started at like three in the morning Mm. all the way to nine. Mm -hmm. And that was like sorting. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. I was a loader. 
And then I uh, I did the bulk line, which was all the big packages. Yep. Uh, I, they had me all around that warehouse. It's funny. I had a job very similar to that. So right. So I know exactly what you talk. Oh, my God. They would bring in trucks, just big That's yours. Semi. That's yours. That's yours. Yep. That's yours. Yep. And just, <laughs> okay, take all. You see that? Empty that. Oh, right. Okay. But so. the wild part about it is this job, UPS people would quit that after a day. Because <laughs> they could not take the pressure, they yeah. couldn't take the workload. Yeah, I myself, it was like, nah, that's, I, that's why I said I'm not you, quitting. Yeah, so that ain't you. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not leaving here until I have a better option. Uh huh. Because I knew how important it was for me to come into my own. So, you know, where uh, where were we working that day when when you found out? Well, we were working at a. Uh, what, what, who, we're at Maurice mother? Dumas's yeah, mother's that was. house. Right. Okay. Chief Dumas. Yep. Chief Mo Dumas. Yep. We had his mother's house working. Mm-hmm. And I gave her the letter and told, and she read it. And I, I, I think she read it to you or asked she you. She didn't read it to me. This is how it happened. When I met up with him after I came out of work, mm-hmm. met up with him, he introduced me to uh, Mo's mother. Mm-hmm. And I greeted her. I said, you know, how you doing? I'm DeKalb's son. She's like, yeah, I know who you are. I heard you uh, got on the fire department. And I, I paused. I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and I looked at him. I said, is this true? He says, ain't that what he said? Ain't that what she said? Uh-huh. Man, I said, hold on one second. Man, I went outside, <laughs> got in my car. I screamed at the top of my lungs out of happiness. Yeah. First person I called was the girl I was dating at the time. Uh-huh. And then I called, uh, uh, this, he's a pastor now, but he was my uh, organist who I used to play drums next to at church. Okay. Because he was always, you know, saying, hey, I'm praying that you make this job, Doc. You know, it was just something about it, which he actually ended up uh, marrying me and my wife now. Okay, that's awesome. So me and him have a connection just based off of that. Yeah. So uh, I screamed at the top of my lungs. Yeah. I was, I was happier than a pig and shit. Yeah. So, um at that time, whatever darkness I had going on, mm-hmm. just lifted. It went away. Just gone. It went away. Yeah. I did not care about what else, what everybody else had going on. I didn't care who did not like me. I didn't care who did <laughs> like me. I did not give a damn. Listen, I had to tell them, you're going to change your friends a lot in this life. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I wish I'd have known that. I mean, I didn't, when you're young, you don't really think about that kind of stuff. But, you know, you need somebody. And the fact that you had your dad telling you that and Dude, bringing you in is amazing. It's odd. It's funny that he that you say that because me and my wife always had these debates about this type of stuff all the time. She's like, that's not true. Why would he tell you? I said, that's not true for you. Yeah. That ain't true for you. Yeah. You don't know how lucky you are yeah. that... The people who I see in my house that she brings over, mm-hmm. there's pictures of them all over, like in shoe boxes. Like my wife's got pictures on top of pictures, mm-hmm. and they're all in it mm-hmm. from when they were young, when yeah, they were kids. They've been together for a long time. Yeah. So I used to envy her because of that, because like I was, I was not that fortunate. Yeah. But a lot of the people, on, only child. Well, yeah. I mean, the only at child the part. Time. At yeah, the time. yeah, yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. only child part, but the biggest thing was the the friends, though, because, like you say, you change your friends. Some people don't have to. Yeah, no, I I got some buddies that been with me for forever. Like I got some buddies, and then I got other friends that when we was hanging out, we just couldn't couldn't do the same stuff anymore. I knew what I wanted to do with my life and my career, mm-hmm. and. Some of those relationships just don't survive. And the funny part about it is that um, I only have one person that that was with me from start to finish. Mm-hmm. I called him my older brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won. He took the t- uh, fireman's exam too, but they didn't get to his number. Okay. And, and he's ten years older than me, so of course he's past the age limit, yeah, so he can't yeah, do yeah. that. He ended up moving to Florida with his wife anyway, so I don't think that that was going to go over. Uh-huh. But the the reason I'm saying that is because he was the only one who I could talk to about this stuff and he would just sit there listening like me when I'd be talking to him, yeah. talking to my father. Yeah. So um, be it as it was, at that time, like I said, all that darkness lifted because a lot of people who I called my friends, we and a lot of them had a falling out. Yeah. But then when they found out I got that call, uh-huh. you know, I started upgrading everything, got a brand new car, uh, was working my way to getting my new apartment, mm-hmm. like all that stuff they found out about it. They... 
you know, down there trying to come back acting like, I was like, nah, y'all, y'all gotta move. Yeah. Y'all yeah, gotta nah, move aside. Ain't, ain't no time to come back now and try and hang yeah, out. Yeah. yeah, y'all gotta go. Yeah. But, um, be it as it was, anybody who knew me from the time I was young I always knew firefighting fire was my thing. That was in my blood. That was what I wanted. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I went to the academy, uh, I tried to keep, I kept my mouth shut. Yeah. I didn't, I, I hated telling people my name. Yeah, because they would all automatically know as soon as you say what your name is. So, mm-hmm. yep. so, and the funny part about it is, even before I even came on, there was times where I go to work with him when I was older, and I had hair, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, he walk in the door first. They may get, they may see the back of him. I walk in the door right behind him, and they'll look like, wait a minute, huh? Yeah. Didn't like, you just walk through here? Is it twins? Right. Yeah, because y'all do look alike. Yeah. But you ain't got no hair no more. Right. Even <laughs> then, that don't, it doesn't, that he, does he not. still got all his hair. Even then, that don't change anything. And I'm going to tell you why. This is the next story I'm going to get to. This is hilarious. Okay. I'm and this is the only fire me and him have actually worked together. Uh-huh. So I was detailed to Truck 20. Uh-huh. He was still in the 23rd Battalion. Mm-hmm. Back then, Truck 20 which is currently Battalion 19, mm-hmm. was, it was Battalion 18 at the time. Mm-hmm. They were doing PMs, preventative maintenance, for those that don't know what that means. I was going to say, yeah, so, we got we to let, let the of audience course, in. Okay, of course. keep going. So, originally, he would have been writ to that fire, but since the 18th was out, he became the steel chief. Yeah. So, when we're getting in the rig, getting dressed, I hear them, Battalion 23, Battalion 23. Now, of course, anytime me and him both worked at 3rd Platoon, so whenever I heard 23, I was always listening because I knew it was yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, snap, he is coming this way. Mm-hmm. Battalion 23 taking the steel with uh, four, uh, 54 in the truck, 47 in the truck. And I'm thinking, okay, man, please. like, I, I don't want anybody to lose anything, but at that day, I was like, man, please let this be a fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because yeah. I wanted to work with him that bad. Yeah. We pull up, nothing showing, but as soon as we open that door, whoosh. Okay. All that smoke was bottled up. It hit us, mask up. We going in. We got a fire. Got to start working, yeah. So I go up with uh, the captain, doing work in the back. Long story short, smoke starts to lift. And um, I know he's out there because I hear him. Yeah. Uh, Fireman on truck 30 comes to the back, says what's up to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Goes to the front, mm-hmm. looks at him. Standing Didn't I just the, see you? I was turns front. around, <laughs> looks back at me while I'm pulling the wall out. I see him out the corner of my eye. Yeah. And I know I'm like, I know he got to be tripping out yeah. right now because he's trying to figure out what the What's hell is going this. On? So after a while, I'll come up to the front. My dad says, don't I know you? I said, I've never seen you before a day in my life, but I'll hug you anyway. There you go. So I give him a hug. Yeah. And my guy says, Man, I thought y'all looked alike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 good. He thought you did a time machine super jump because mm-hmm. he was like, <laughs> how did you age real quick and then get to the front in like two seconds? I know dude would have to be right. Tripping. And where you get them bugles at? Where you get all that from? Right. Oh, so <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's an awesome story. Yeah. So it's it's two things I want to um hit before I let you guys escape. Um, the first one is the book. I want to talk a little bit about the book, Black Heroes of Fire. Um, you you were telling us about how you did all the research and found everything. Yeah, yeah. So just give us a little bit more insight into the book and then tell us how we can find it and purchase it. I'll tell you how you can find and purchase it. I'll tell you that first. Okay. Uh, BlackHeroesOfFire.com, okay. www.BlackHeroesOfFire.com which is my personal website, and mm-hmm. I send books out from that. Or you can go to the Amazon bookstore, and you can find Black Heroes of Fire by um, DeKalb Walcott. You can find it there. Okay. Um, that book, um, what, what was so interesting about it was um, <clears throat> I started back uh, during the fire strike. I uh, met uh, during 1980, following 1980 fire strike, I met a lot of uh, older black guys that were on the job that I hadn't met before. Mm-hmm. And uh, they kept talking about Engine 21, Engine 21. And they in- were inventors of the firehouse sliding pole. Right. I was like, well, how come nobody know anything about it then if they did all this stuff, right? So um, um, I started digging. I started digging into it. And sure enough, Engine 21 had it. Uh, were responsible for the invention of the sliding pole. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing was written down. Everything was like more or less word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So I started collecting information and data at that time. 
Uh, I don't know. Um, there was uh, does he know you know uh, Chief Steve Little? He's retired now. I think yes, yes, yes. He I just say, retired. Can't not know Steve Little. You on squad one now? Yeah, yeah. He, he just retired. His dad, a couple his, days ago. His dad, mm-hmm. Ken Little. Okay. His dad, Ken Little, was a senior fire alarm operator. Um, he helped me. Uh, he was a historian. He uh, book. He had book on uh, Chicago firehouses. Um, that was his thing. But uh, he had a wealth of information. Um, so um, throughout the years, uh, uh, I started collecting information. When Harold Washington was in office, I, I asked at the fire academy because I knew they couldn't turn me down. I wanted to do a black history project just mm-hmm. out of the blue. So I took up that cabinet when you walk down the uh, to- back towards the um, lunchroom area from the front in the academy. Yes. Well, the Bay of Windows in there had uh, photographs throughout. Um, and so... Um, the story about Engine 21. Engine 21 started December 21st, 1872. Uh, they were at 47 Eldridge Court. That's on 9th Street between State and Wabash. Okay. If you go underneath the L there on 9th Street, that was Engine 21's quarters. Okay. Uh, in, in a rented occupancy at that time. And as a matter of fact, uh, the eight fire, second great fire, 1874, July 14th, 1874. Yep, the second one. Yep. Second fire partially burnt their firehouse, but fortunately uh, it didn't. It, it singed it, so to speak. Um, and so Engine 21 stayed there for a few years, uh, December 1875. So from 1872 to 1875, they were in a rented location. Uh, when they went to 1213 Plymouth Court, um, that's where the sliding pole was invented. They were in a three-story building. You know what? I just had a run there my last day at work um, on 11th in Plymouth. So I know exactly where you're talking about. Certainly. <laughs> I know Certainly. exactly. Because it's like back there in the cut. That's right. Yep. Okay. Oh, um, the railroad's not far from there also. Yeah, the um, L's across. across well, not the block. L's. Not the, the, but the, the railroad. The railroad is the catty corner. Sure. But um, Clark the L's. Street. Clark yeah. Street, um, like LaSalle Street. Yep. So back exactly in 1872 and even prior to that, blacks lived on the south side of Chicago. They encompassed the area between, uh, pardon me, State Street and west of State Street from Roosevelt down to, um, uh, shucks, uh, um, it's it no more than about three or four blocks. But during that uh, um, north of Roosevelt, and, and, um, and um, the street is just not coming to me right so now. So about 1,500? Because Roosevelt's 12. Not south. We're going north of Roosevelt. Oh, going north so of Roosevelt. Nine. So, um, but, um, so, um, my point is, um, you know, uh, there were streets called 2nd and 3rd Avenue, uh-huh. which was, in fact, Clark Street and Dearborn Street uh-huh. today. Uh-huh. Um, but the firehouse at 1213 South Plymouth Court is where the sliding pole was invented. Purportedly, um, um, a fireman named George um, uh, um, was in a hayloft on the 2nd or the 3rd floor, and he was... Uh, uh, putting hay, storing hay in the hay loft for the horses. And, and, and an alarm came in. Everybody ran the stairs. He, hit, he slid this pole that, was, that kept the hay in place. Uh-huh. So these pieces were uh, cross members like this yeah. just to hold the hay in place. Yeah. And so he got down. He, put the, he hooked up the horses. And um, uh, by the time the other members made the floor, uh, they jumped on the rig. They were ready to go out the door. So David Kenyon, who was their officer, they was a captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, how would you get down there so fast? He said, I slid that pole down. So he come up with the idea. David Kenyon was a car- carpenter prior to becoming a uh, uh, servant in the Civil War mm-hmm. and then coming on the fire department after that. He uh, asked... Uh, um, Chief Brennan, could he cut a hole in the floor and attach his pole because it would increase members' response time? Yep. Chief Brennan told him that if if it didn't work, he would have to take his money and close it back up. Yep. Well, 21 was getting out of the door in 12 to 14 seconds in the daytime. At night, it was closer to 28 to 30 seconds. 
but they were kicking the shit out of everybody because they were beating everybody into their fires. Yeah. They used to go to fires to take folks' fires. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. so, so serious. They beating them there. I mean, what you going to do? Look at it? <laughs> you going to watch and wait? Now, so, now it, it, that that's a highlight. Um, but During that same period, and that was uh, the pole was invented about 1877. Mm-hmm. It showed up in the uh, uh, City of Chicago annual uh, report. A fire department annual report that a firehouse sliding poles were being installed in firehouses throughout the city of Chicago to increase the members' response time. Mm-hmm. So there were a couple of negative things that came out of that. Um, you know, this article I collected articles. Also, my next book called "100 Years of Public Service: Engine 21, 1872 to 1972," and I'm going to tell a story. Many, I'm going to tell a few stories, but I have a D- Chicago Defender. And the Chicago Tribune archive newspapers that date from 1863 up to 1973 during that, that lawsuit. Time. Yeah, when yeah. the lawsuit the, the lawsuit ends, that newspaper article display. Okay, but I've got archival documents about blacks living in Chicago, Engine 21, some of their members who made rescues, some of the members who were injured as a result of. Uh, um, uh, buildings falling apart and then caving in on them, things like that. Yeah, uh, we got an article that talked about they went to a, uh, excuse me, a lumber yard, and some of these other companies could not make this fire. Right, it kept blowing back up at them, taking off all over again. They were out there, so they called Twenty One up. Engine Twenty One came in, got in front of everybody, knocked it down, put the fire out. Then drop the mic, right? Yeah, and said, "Okay, we ain't cleaning." Up. <laughs> <laughs> so, gotcha. so, so there's another article where there are little kids that say, "Oh, Engine Twenty One, those are our heroes." He said, "White guys can't make that." He said, "They're like salamanders. They crawl underneath the smoke." This is what the article was back in 1800. Yeah, yeah. They crawl underneath the smoke. They're like salamanders. They go in and put the fire out, right? Every time, those are our heroes. These were kids who visited the firehouse that had these conversations. So. The next book is going to be very, very interesting. I got 200 photographs. I got at least 150 newspaper articles. Okay. It is totally a documentary on Engine 21 and a public service. People don't recognize a pub, being a public servant says something. That means that you will stop whatever you're doing to help somebody else out. Yep. That's a bona fide public servant. The average bonafide, uh, so-called public servant they don't do none of that shit. They go backwards. You ask them to volunteer for something, they step back. They don't step up. They don't step you know up. firemen that's scared to go in a goddamn fire building. <laughs> I just had this conversation. If you listen to my episodes, I had these conversations. Like people who say, we get the same check and, you know, I'm going somewhere slow on purpose. Those people annoy me to no end because you 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 can't I, I'm just not a person that's gonna be proud of not doing nothing. That's right. I'm that's just not not what's up. So when those people say that to me, they can just say that over there and not to me. Right, I'm right. I'm not with that. No, and I get that. Now, this kid here, he's worked on he ain't no kid no more, but he's worked on all fast companies. Hell I was at hundred and one for six years. And this dude done been on like all <laughs> he probably got the sweetest Resume of companies or anybody. <laughs> I mean, this dude done been on. So that that's my last thing that I wanted to get to with you gentlemen here. Okay. Um, before we before we started, we was having a little debate, and I said, "No, we got to get this on tape. Stop talking right. right now." Right. So, just to let the world know, I appreciate engines. They cool, you know. They do whatever. They come and they spray water. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are, they are right. and it's more of them. I mean, it's whatever. But right. trucks is like. The illest, the illest things out here, right? I don't disagree. Okay, now your dad was telling us if it wasn't for the engines, no, nothing. He didn't say it like that. He didn't say it like that. Dad said <laughs> you motherfuckers can't put no fire out with no axe, no pike pole, or a ladder. Now give me a two and a half inch ladder. I dropped the mic with that bad boy right there. I have done this. I stretched out two and a half inch hose lines by. Myself, I believe it. Took it in the exposure building to the second floor, knocked everything down. That was all the ceiling came down, of course, yeah, right? Yeah. So that now, before you try something like that, you got to ask him how you do it. He know how to do it because I taught him how to do well, it. I'm sure he started Look, off on the engine, but what he had now? It's a process. It's a process. <laughs> 
This 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 whole scenario is a process, right? Uh-huh. So 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 now I'm in this older building on, on Garfield Boulevard, right? I'm on Truck 18. This hose landing pushed me and my little ass out into the little vestibule area, right? Those old frame buildings, the ones that had the second floor, they had narrow stairwells. Then they had a little small foria before you actually walked into the apartment. Yep. Well, I was in that little foria, tired as hell, right? Yep. But the fire was out, right? So one of the guys came back and says, uh, hey, Cap, it's still going in here. So I said, I took my elbow and I punched a fucking hole in the wall and I stuck the pipe in there and <laughs> right opened in it there. up. I said, let me know when it's out, right? <laughs> Because I ain't moving this line no more. You, I was you created beat the down. first seller nozzle. Well, maybe not the first, but you made the seller nozzle. You cut that the distributed hole nozzle. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Use that, too. I just know I like to chop fires out, and I don't need no water. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. It's a little bit of fire on the floor. They say, hey, it's still going. I say, get me this axe, and I chop it out real quick, and then we go home. I, I look at it this way. Both That's good. goes hand in hand, all right? You can't do you. I mean, of course, as an engine, you ain't gonna be there. It's not gonna go as fast without the truck there. Yep, right. So, yeah. and I've been in many fires where, of course, this is me on the truck now. Uh, it's hidden. It's in the walls. Yeah. Uh, places where you can't see. In places where you can't spray. They see it outside, but yeah. we can't see it inside. Yeah. So, of course, listening to the radio transmission, it's on the B side. It's on the uh. B slash uh, C corner. C like. corner, yeah, yeah. So, of course, I find my way back there. I'm like, okay, nobody's pulling back here. All right, I'm going to start opening this up. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, as soon as I get that sweet spot, I yank it out. And fire just Hello. come out. And then here I come with an axe, and then I just chop it out. Because <laughs> ain't no engine up there. No, I'm just <laughs> and, and then when both of y'all get tired, I'm going to order somebody to take me a line up there. And please put this motherfucker out there so we can go home. So they'll stop playing with this. Well, yeah. Now, that's what we all aspire to. You're right. Because yeah. you, you order somebody to get up there and get it done. Yeah. So that's the that's the right. That's the in, Trump answer. In, the, in, in all that's, s- that's the card. You win. In all seriousness, <laughs> like, nobody, you know, we ain't stepping on anybody's toes when it comes to the engine versus truck. You know, we, nah, we jag each other. Yeah, yeah we jag each other. Jokes. Some people take that to the heart, and it's just like, don't do that. Yeah, no. You, we you, are you here for, to do the same job right. at the end of the day. It's, we here to serve the citizens. That's right. what you said, public servant. And, of course, up. if you're going to be with me, you're going to be in for a long day because I'm going to fuck with you every chance I get. Oh, but, yeah, that's what you should you do. Know, but um, be it as it is, uh, as far as what you were saying before about the guys that say, uh, we all get paid the same. Mm-hmm. And what I would tell them is I say, yeah, some of us are overpaid. <laughs> yeah, I like guess, that. Guess, guess yeah. who it is. Yeah, yeah, it ain't me. And I <laughs> told, because, and, and this disturbs me a little bit because of the fact that you got candidates that come out. With that attitude. And they ask them, where do you want to go? Yeah. And they'll name a house that's like really slow. I'm not going to say any companies or no names, <laughs> nothing like that. Well, but, we, you know, we have places for people who need to, to be in those places. Well, yeah, certain parts of the city are not as active as others. That's yeah. tradition. So that has been tradition. Go ahead. Right. So they would rather go to the spots that are not as active because, like they say, a senior person spot. Right. Out the gate. Who earned did his time, earned his pay. Now it's time to go smooth sailing and enjoy retirement. Yeah. But. You know, they starting out there. They, they starting out. They start out leaving. there. They they asked to go there now. Before, yeah. like when I came out the academy, mm-hmm. all right, that was not a compliment. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to go in a place where just anywhere. You wanted to go where it was working. They beat that in your head. Yes, absolutely. So, like and, when you get to pick, like you certain people get to pick where you want to go. Will right. you get awards? And I mean, and you talk about my resume as far as the houses I've been to. I'm gonna yeah. tie that into it. Yeah. Started out at 116. I was there for four years. Mm-hmm. All right. Four years was not enough to get you anywhere no. near any of these houses in the places where I've worked. So uh, I, my last year at 116, I sat at Truck 18 mm-hmm. because that was when they had the BLS program coming up. If you wasn't uh, ALS, they just made you BLS. They got rid of the first responder part. Yeah. So 50 was ALS. Mm-hmm. Truck 18 became BLS. That house went from not having a BLS or ALS company at all except the Ambo to now you got ALS and BLS. The guys on the third platoon, none of them were EMTs except the captain on the engine Mm -hmm. and then a candidate who came out right behind me. So Mm -hmm. he ended up sitting on the truck 
like uh, his candidate, yeah, he sat on the truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was going, getting detailed in and out of there a lot. Yeah, in the Along with other guys in the yeah. battalion. A lot of guys didn't like doing that. Yeah. I looked at it as an opportunity to learn truck to work. To learn truck work. So yeah, you signed up for it. We had, uh, you know, my, my father was a captain there at Truck 18 back in 2003. Okay. So I was a little familiar with the place. Yeah. I met the, uh, the, the, he was the current, he was the lieutenant there mm-hmm. that relieved my dad. He was still there when I came out. Oh, that's cool. So him and my captain, Mauricio Rodriguez, mm-hmm. uh, they were both West Side guys, mm-hmm. Truck 26, Truck 29. And, you know, I would be listening to their stories, their West Side stories, and I'd just be in awe of the stuff they were telling me. Mm-hmm. And, these guys wasn't bullshitting because people, you know, people, uh, how do you call it? They confirmed those stories to be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So between going back and forth to Mo and Mike Tobar, mm-hmm. I was like, I got it made. I got these two well-experienced guys showing me stuff. And, you know, you, it couldn't get no better. So what I did was I asked my battalion chief, retired Joe Quinn. Mm-hmm. I said, look, I don't have no time to get on a good truck. If you need help. With somebody sitting, somebody here, let me sit here as your EMT so I can learn some truck work too. Yeah. And he's like, You do that? I said, Sure, why not? Yeah, that's a step up move. That's a strong move. You know? Yeah. And the best part about Truck 18 was we only did like two, three runs a day, but they were mostly fires. They was fires. It was fires still called. It's still like that now. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I was putting in for the spot, but I was getting beat out by guys with way more time than me. Yeah, that's how it goes. I mean, that's how it should go, honestly. So, Mm -hmm. yep. And when I finally did get out, you know, not like I wanted to leave 116 so bad I had to get out. No, I, I wanted to go to a truck and learn truck work. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going to truck 33 down the street. Some people wasn't really too happy with that move. <laughs> I didn't care because <laughs> what I like, I've seen truck 33 at a decent amount of fires. Yeah. People think because the car volume is not as high, they don't go to fires. I was like, nah, mm-mm. they still a second truck. To a lot of stuff with 116 because the squad does not count as a truck. You still need a yep, second truck on the card. Truck. Yep. So I got in that way. Mm-hmm. And we had a nice group. They took me under their wing, took me to the roof, showed me what I needed to know being up there, got me in the driver's seat, got me certified to drive. Mm-hmm. You know, they looked out for me. Is that Hoyle? Yeah, Hoyle Marshall was the 15th Battalion at the time. Okay. So he looked out for me and the rest of the guys in the house looked out for me. And that made a, you, a big difference. And that's mm-hmm. another thing. Your company, your officer, as well as the guys you work with, makes a huge difference in how your day is going to go. Absolutely. So How your, how your career for that time that you're there is going to go. Not just how your day is going to oh, go. But, but you take it day by day. That's, you know, yeah, you gotta, put it you all together. You got to break it yeah. up into chunks. Right, yeah, right. If you get with the wrong crew. Oh, oh most definitely. So, you know, again, I'm not putting nobody out there. So I left there. My mission was to get out west because at the time I was dating uh, my current wife now mm-hmm. who, you know, she uh, actually, crazily enough, is a fire fan because she loves hearing my stories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I taught her about rig placement. So when they had a fire down the street from my house not too long ago, mm-hmm. she knew exactly where everybody was coming from yeah, just based yeah. off of what I told her. But beside the point, I was getting out there so I could be closer to her because, yeah. you know, she has an uh, illness called endometriosis. Mm-hmm. So she can't do much because of that. Mm-hmm. My daughter has the same thing. Mm-hmm. I needed to be close to home because it was times where they were going to the hospital and I needed to know what was up. Yeah. So I was trying to get out there. I finally did. But I think with the first way I had between having four to six years, mm-hmm. I couldn't even touch. Um, I couldn't even touch 113. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, I couldn't come nowhere near that battalion just, unless I was on a trade. Yeah. So I'm looking at it now. Years later, I got 13 years on. I'm assigned to Hook and Ladder 26. Been there for three years. Mm-hmm. Of course, everybody keeps asking, so where you going to next? Y'all don't know when the order comes out. But <laughs> uh, um, Engine 95, a very hard spot to get. Truck 26, very hard spot yes, to get. Yes, I got Truck 26 with nine years on the job. yeah. 19 years. That was damn near impossible back in the day. Now, it's, it's kids. It was a guy that got it with six years. And I was just about to get to that. Yeah. Engine 95. Yeah. Got same order. Had two guys with, if you combine their time, still didn't equal double digits. Yeah. Both of them, their time combined still had less time than me. Well, you know what it is. And they still it's, got it. It's kind of that, that younger um, generation. But as long as we still had those guys that's willing to work and do some work, we'd be fine. We'd oh, of course. Be all right. It's just little. It's a 
it's just different now. That's that's all. And just my little bit of time, I got 12, you got 13. Mm-hmm. It's just I didn't see some things that are very interesting when you know the history. Yeah. And, and you like super senior, man, because you've been there since you was a kid doing 48. Look here. So- <laughs> that's, look here. I ain't got my dad's time. That don't count. I wasn't no, on the no, payroll. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just I know, but, but, but you know a lot more of the history than yeah, I do. Just, and you from here. Right. I'm, I'm, I, I like to keep this clear. Yeah. A lot of guys try to use their old man's their time. time. I do not do that. No, no, you Like, don't. I come into every, every new firehouse I transfer to, and you, you're a witness to this. Yeah. When I came in in 96, I didn't act like I knew everything. No, not at I, all. I, when people ask me, well, what do you know? I don't know nothing. Show me what you know. Yep. And then I'll add what I know to that later. Yeah. If you approve of it, and this is me talking to the officers, if you approve of it, I'll keep it up. If not, okay, what's your way? Mm-hmm. If it's not going to get me killed, I'll do it. Yeah, hey, that's what I say. That's that's now, like the food. Let me yeah, add something here. He was it. talking about 113. I'm so glad he didn't go to 113 because 113 had roaches, man. Cockroaches like this. Yeah, I didn't see that. <laughs> Look, that's horrible. But we, we don't want to talk bad about Right, we're not going to get it to 113, that. 113, I said it. They got roaches. <laughs> hey. Cockroaches. <laughs> I still would have took it because of the, you know, like I said, closer to home, still well, going to fires. 96 had rats. Right. But they had a dog that ate the rats, and then the, the dog's tail grew like a rat. But then the rats was gone <laughs> by the time we got there, so we ain't had to well, shoot. You know what? Uh, we actually, one actually came to the firehouse. Yes, that one time. That one day. Yeah. It was and me he hit it with you. the shovel. Uh, no. <laughs> I remember how we killed this one. This was a funny story, though. We got... This is when we had the candidate on the truck. Okay. A.K.A. Jeff Bezos. Yes. Mr. Amazon. Yeah, Mr. Amazon, exactly. So we're in the back talking. We hear everybody like in the upper like, what's going on? It's a rat in the firehouse. I'm thinking it's a joke. Like, okay, who snitched? No, 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 no. It's an no, actual rat. rat. He ran under the fire truck, went underneath one of the uh, cabinets. Mm-hmm. So they all come to the back. Rat comes out. Um, we lure it into the closet right across. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh, it's trapped. It can't go nowhere. Mm-hmm. So... I grabbed one of the uh, scrub uh, brushes that we used to scrub out with. Mm-hmm. When candidate goes in, flushes them out, it runs by me. I put a hockey swing on it, <laughs> send them flying into the cabinet, and it drug itself underneath the cabinet before uh, I told. I said, "Bezos, hit him with the axe." Yep. He sw- takes a that. full swing at it. Yeah. <laughs> and you see the sparks fly yep. when he hits the ground. I was like, no, man. Oh, you had flashes like this. And yeah. it, it's, it's similar to a, a fire when you tell a candidate, hey, take this window out. And they're doing it the uh, way, only way they know. The wrong way. So you got to show them your way. So I showed them afterwards. But fast forward, uh, Cap Joe Burge comes yeah. back there with a pike pole. Chief now. Chief Joe Burge now. Yeah. Back then he was a captain. Yeah. Comes in there with a pike pole and 300, <laughs> like 300 spirited. Yeah, spirited. Brought him out. I was like, so you about to take that to the back and... Uh, Right, put it over the grill. Put it and over cook the it. right, yeah. right. Rotisserie <laughs> rat protein. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, look, rats, roaches, go. Y'all missed the projects, man. Well, that when oh, they tore down the projects, they ain't had nowhere to go. Cockroaches up in there was horrible. Yeah. Them incinerators. I, Please give I me a break. Yeah, it. I remember I went down there with you one day. You know what? That's that's some of them stories are in the book. Even though I didn't live them, I heard about them a lot. Like with the bowling ball, putting the bowling ball yeah. on the string yeah. down the um down the incinerator. You didn't no shoot. string. You'd end up at the bottom. Okay, I heard it a whole yeah, bunch yeah, of different yeah, yeah. ways, but that's that's yeah. what I'm saying. That that that's the improvised tools part of the story. So, yeah, you guys, thank you so so much for one last together. question. Do you sure. guys carry sand on your truck? Sand. Winter. You use sand in the winter time for uh, instead ice. of instead of salt. You use sand. Yeah. Just get a bucket of sand and put it on your rig. We Morris Davis to tell you that some companies still do that. Well, that's like the bowling pin, and to, you know. Yeah. In the projects, absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. To, to, so the bowl, so the bowling ball and the bowling pin, and then in the kitchen you got the pool ball to stop up the sink because the, the stoppers always disappear, but that ball stay around for forever right. for some reason. Morris, also you could drain the floor in the bathroom by taking that toilet out too. Taking the toilet right out, down yep. In there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, to- I want to do this again. This was a good time. I ain't seen him in a while either, so yeah. this is a good time for us. Can, can we do this again? Absolutely. If I can't do it again, I'm old. Uh, mess something up. No, nah, don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. All right, all right. You, you already want to do engine stuff. Don't have I mean, a stroke, old man. Yeah, if it, if it was if it was truck stuff, then then I'd Look, be scared. Look, we, we are in the time <laughs> where COVID is spreading like wildfire. You lucky to have made it this far. Oh, do man. Not, do not put yourself in a position y'all, to where you rough. end up having to y'all leave. Rough. He already know my history. 
So I, he might he might summon his daddy and and get back some pimping and simping and, and oh please check you. that man no that man's still here <laughs> that man's still around fucking with everybody he rough, he rough. Okay. okay well like I said thank you so much for coming in I appreciate thank y'all you for being here um special with that being said I will talk to you guys next time all right we all appreciate right. you sir yep Bye. there you go. This has been a Fire and Iron Media production. You have something to say, people want to listen. 